Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, it's been a while, but the exiles are back on the Roku Report. I'm Brett Lines-Davis from Milton Keynes, and just like the lads, we are back for some pre-season training. We'll be talking about the Football League salary cap, the ingoings and outgoings on Weir side, and what everyone's thoughts are on the new Nike kits. And of course, playing away is back. First up with me this week, well, I've not been working all summer long, but he appears to be. He's not any sort of friends with every single 90s Sunderland player. It's uh, Chris Wynn in Sheffield. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, good evening, Brett. I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you. So that, that's a good introduction. I like that one. I'll tell you what, you've been a busy, busy boy over the summer, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Pretty busy. Yeah. Full-time job as well. So just to sort of a recap, in case you've, you've missed any of Chris's pods so far, he's done... Uh, well, what this is what's gone out. Paul Bracewell, John Ficklin, Dennis Smith, Gary Hours, Craig Russell, Jody Craddock. Who was your yeah. favourite? Oh, come on. That's like getting us to choose between my kids. How am I, how am I supposed to do that? Uh, no, they, they were all they were all absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's just it's just great listening to them talking about you know th- those days and kind of when you get into it, just all the stories start coming out. And uh, by the end, I think most kind of really enjoy just talking about good memories and good games and well, good times in, in the main as well. I mean, especially you know when they've had a bit of success, you know they get really enthusiastic, and it's uh, it's just good to hear. Hopefully, I mean they'll they'll go on and uh, you know they'll last a while and kind of young fans can listen in and learn a bit about the history and uh, yeah just just really enjoying it. No, it was great. It was they were, so they were really good to listen to. And to be fair, I could have asked that question slightly differently and said which was the worst one to do. <laughs> no, <laughs> none, none of them have. Uh, they've all been an absolute pleasure. Enjoyed every single one. And there's um, I think there's still well at the time we're recording this, I think there's uh, still five on the back burner to come out. And I hope, fingers crossed, to, to have one this week as well. Oh, good man. Look forward to hearing them. So, yeah, there's a couple of uh, little specials there on the horizon. Um, let's listen out for those. Also with me, he's also got a little um, done an interview, but it's under wraps as well. I've got John, Stacey and Lincoln. John, how are you doing? Hi, Brett. Yeah, I'm not so bad. I was, I was going to say something about that, but since you've sort of made it sound really top secret, I'll not say a word. But, yeah, I've done one and Chris has done about 50, so... <laughs> Um, we've both got full-time jobs. Chris is curing coronavirus. I'm not, but yeah, he's making us all look bad. So he's 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 been the hardest working man at the Roku Report this summer. I must say, I've, I've done nothing. I think his <laughs> missus probably hates him, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the doghouse now. Kids are getting a bath. So got out of that. So then, John, how are you feeling then for like the upcoming football season? Are you? Because I'll be honest, I sort of, after our season got like squashed and just ended miserably, I couldn't get back into watching, like when the Premier League games came back on, I couldn't get into it. It was, wasn't, apart from I think maybe the Newcastle Man City Cup game, I never went out of my way to watch any football, you know. And But now I'm getting that little bit of excitement again. How, how are you finding? Are you sort of keeping abreast of it all or? Yeah, sort of when it all started coming back, I was a bit like, yeah, I'm going to love this. I'm going to watch all the football. I'm going to always have it on. And I've really sort of not watched much at all. So yeah, I've kind of been a bit bad really. 
I have watched a few games here and there and caught clips of stuff and caught up on match of the days like I used to, you know, in the in the real world when things were normal. But yeah, apart from that, I've uh, I've been pretty lax. And as far as looking forward to the new season goes, I think because of that and because of the the sort of combination of lack of football stroke, all the drama going on with with Sunderland in 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 the sort of interim, I've kind of lost lost all desire for football. Like I kind of when <laughs> it's weird, but and I'm sure people will agree with me. But when the kit came out, I think it sort of brought it back for me and made it real again that it's going to happen there is a new season coming essentially and uh, one that we can actually watch league football in so uh, I'm sort of getting there I'm getting there I wasn't I wasn't excited I was actually in a, in a small sense dreading the, res- the fixtures even coming out another league one season and all that with everything that happened last season but but yeah no I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it now I'm just uh, and I'm sure we'll get onto it but I'm just a bit I, I guess concerned like most Sunderland fans are about um, how, how we're looking how we're shaping up but but yeah, I'm looking forward to footy at least. I must admit, I, I had moments, um, especially like when the playoffs were and the the league one, uh, sorry, the championships were like relegations. I kept kind of forgetting what the situation in the world was, and I was thinking. Like especially for me here in Milton Keynes, I thought, well, if Luton go down, that's a game I can go to next season. And if Wickham and Oxford don't go up, that's two games next season. And Northampton, oh, that's yeah. down the road for me. And I kept thinking, we can't go to any games still. <laughs> so it's like, I oh. kind of blocked all that out of my head. And then a friend of mine who I connected with on um, something I do for sort of extracurricular work said to me the other day, oh, uh, you support Sunderland, don't you? I says, yeah, yeah. He says, I'm a Plymouth Argyle fan. I can't wait to get up to the stage in my life. And of course, I completely forgot and they got promoted so yeah we're going to be playing Plymouth Argyle lads this season and not only that but he's buzzing about it and he, he was a bit shocked that I wasn't so happy <laughs> yeah but let's let's jump into uh, the matters at hand so I'll just a recap in case you've not sort of heard it. I'm sure everyone has by now that um, there's been a salary, a salary cap was voted in by the majority of the football league teams now, this has limited uh, League One teams to 2.5 million spend. Um, that includes wages, bonuses, taxes, image rights, agents and other relevant fees. This reduces squad sizes down to 22, but although um, players aged 21 and under are exempt from the cap. Now, obviously, this came out uh, to sort of a lot of outrage, obviously, from a lot of Sunderland fans. The PFA have also sort of jumped in and said that it's unlawful and unenforceable. So it's not, although it was supposed to be voted in on Friday and start from then, it's a little bit muddied at the moment. But I'll jump to you first, Chris. What are your thoughts on the actual, the whole, the cap in hand as it stands, if it was to go ahead? Well, the whole concept of a of a salary cap, I don't think it's a bad thing. I I don't think I think the football league, especially in the times we're in and, and what's going on at the minute, I think they had to do some something to help clubs. Um, it's just the the kind of time and you know obviously us being down there. I mean, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't be in this position where we've got to be subject to whatever salary cap they put in place. But my issue is with with the salary cap is that the, the way the football league have you know they've presented it is that this is a sustainability thing it's to sustain the, the football league and keep the clubs afloat and to help the, the clubs but my problem is that they've done a blanket salary cap across the board now that's not sustainability that's not thinking of you know the the, the size of the clubs and the different clubs you've got in there that's not thinking about sustaining things that's leveling the playing field you know what's sustainable for amazon isn't sustainable for the corner shop you know mm-hmm. it's it if they'd said that if they'd said look we want to level the playing field well okay but at least we know you reasons for doing it i i mean i, d- I don't think it, it's it's necessarily a, a bad thing but it needs to be based on turnover or income or, or a percentage of that because otherwise you're saying right everybody's everybody's the same which which isn't the same in football i mean they, they wouldn't i don't think they dare do this in the premier league because people would say well we're, we're a bigger better club so you know you don't want liverpool who stretches the globe and brings in hundreds of millions if not billions and then compare them to burnley who come up it's ridiculous yeah the only way around it is the only thing it, and it's quite a big thing really because they've made a point of it is that it doesn't include um promotion bonus so that's the only thing we can be really kind of you know dangle that carrot in front of some players and say look if we go up you can make some big money because that's the only way we can work around it well that's exactly you know you made some absolutely great points there and as you say the fact that you can do a promotion bonus on top well you'd like to think that your players want to get promoted anyway but 
we all know money money talks, don't we? So if that gives those players an extra five percent push, then that's that's surely got to be a good thing. Um, John, where do you sit? I'll go straight to you. You know, where do you sit on this? Yeah, I think um, just echo what Chris says. Really, you know, exactly the same feeling. Um, it probably should have been based on club size, on club turnover, etc., and it should have been percentage of. But then um, I guess what they're looking at is uh, a model of future proofing uh, the lower leagues. So. Um, so like 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 they probably do mean it does level the playing field out a bit and it does make it easier for smaller clubs to compete and you know uh, the 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 bigger clubs that drop down don't sort of overwhelm but for my for my my sort of personal opinion I, I don't think that's happened I don't think they can justify that if that is the real reason they want to level the playing field because you look at teams like Portsmouth and um, and kind of a couple of others that have dropped down over the years and they don't find it massively easy they don't sweep up they don't destroy teams because they're chucking money at it we haven't done that so and that's arguable because that's lots of other reasons behind it but you know we were expected to and it's it's completely it seems like they haven't thought it through and they seem it seems like they haven't really um justified their reasoning behind it very well that being said a salary cap in general and the the perceptions of a salary cap is always going to be a positive for any league but it's just unfortunate that the situation that the English football leagues in especially with league one and league two to an extent you've got hundreds and odds hundreds of years and and even if you're just taking eras of football you've got to take into account 10 or 20 years of a history of a club to to show where they're at right now now what I mean by that is if you look at the MLS and I follow the MLS a little bit because I have a connection with a team over there when they started the MLS or when they sort of cut uh sort of made a big push to make it a big deal they 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 have a, they've had a salary cap from the start and and the way their player registration works is the players are registered to the mls they're not owned by a club and um they get paid a set wage regardless of who they are and then they have designated players within that who can be paid whatever they want but within that money it still comes out of a pot so uh, you have like basically a, an overall salary for the year that you get to play with your squad with and it does level the playing field frankly because even the bigger clubs in the MLS who've got shed load of money, chuck loads of money at players like Zlatan and and kind of uh, Nanny and people like that. But it's only one player, and Zlatan was at LA Galaxy and he didn't bring them success. You know, other t- other teams have had massive players and they don't get success, so it doesn't buy them success. It's it actually encourages homegrown talent. It encourages um it encourages a lot of local talent. So they find a lot of loopholes in the MLS for South American players and stuff like that. Now you could argue that's a negative to the to the MLS being an American league but from our standpoint if we're looking at a salary cap and i'm sure other people have commented on this in um different articles that are out there um it can be a positive a massive positive for our youth system and a massive positive for grassroots football leading right the way up to international football you know we constantly debate the fact that um the england team stifled by the fact that we have a lot of foreign imports and a lot of people paid a lot of money to to almost stop our players from progressing um so in the lower leagues that's not really an argument but it's also kind of something that works if that makes sense so hopefully we could develop more of our youth system which we've decimated in the last few months so don't know where I'm getting at with that but it, <laughs> for the future it could be a really good thing um, if the, if it's done properly I don't know it, it, it hopefully it'll encourage positives I'm trying to remain positive about it um, I guess the one big main positive is that I think there was some sort of line in there wasn't there where they said that for this season whoever was um, paid over you know well over the, the threshold they would just count as top of the threshold so you know if someone's on 20k a week they're only going to essentially take up whatever the max wage is in the threshold so uh, until their contract ends which i think is good um but we're not gonna have many players in that boat we've got rid of what more um you know the ones that are big earners we've, we've not got many of them left now so yeah it swings around about we'll see how it goes the problem is john i mean you were talking about the mls there and, and my problem is that and i mentioned the premier league before because they're talking about introducing a cap in the championship of around 18 million and then 2.5 million in, in League One and then I think, was it 1 million in, in League Two, I think it was? Yeah, 1.5. 1.5, yeah. 5, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you the problem is if you're doing that, I mean, even without the salary cap, look at the gap between the championship yeah. and the Premier League. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah. now what you're doing is you, you're basically, you're creating a breakaway league within yeah. within the the, fo- the English football structure, which is, which is insane. I mean, you're talking about the MLS, but it's not like the central division has got, he no. can only play players such and such and then the Eastern can pay them you know whatever yeah. they want because then that would be unfair competition and I guess, I guess my point with the MLS was 
they did that at the start. We haven't done this at the start. This yeah. is coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And this has come in, like you say, with massive discrepancies, massive differences between leagues. So that 18 million to 2.5 championship to League One, that's just one very small example of the gulf between the leagues. And that's just in revenues and money that flies around. I mean... Uh, that's without even thinking about the Premier League but the Championship has flown up with the amount of money that's in the Championship now you've got players coming from you know top top teams in Europe to play in the Championship because they know they're going to get paid you know a lot more money than they would where they are despite the fact they're not even in the Premier League you know so it's um, no I take your point it wasn't that I was justifying it it was more a case of if we'd have it's a, it's a good premise it's just it's, it's wrong timing and it's kind of in a situation where you're playing a game of something that works elsewhere that won't work here because of the fact that most of the clubs and most of the teams that are involved in it all have pedigree and history and different sort of parameters in place already which are going to be massively um, affected by a salary cap so and, and going back to your point at the very very start of what you said the, the biggest I was when you I was listening to it then and when you were saying it I was thinking you know the level in the playing field effectively what they're doing is they're bringing a salary cap and they're saying it's for fairness but actually quite a lot of clubs are going to go under because of the salary cap they're going to fail because of the salary cap they're not going to be able to sustain because of the salary cap because if you think of the fines that are going to come in you think of the risks that people are going to have to take you're thinking of you know you can justify certain clubs can spend to accumulate knowing they're going to get say to playoff level well they've got no chance of speculating anymore do you know what I mean so they've got to take a lot more risks and I just think the smaller clubs will really struggle despite the fact they're well they're going to be well under the the salary cap they still won't be able to compete eventually because you know, any of the better players they'd normally get up for the smaller wages, they'll go to the bigger clubs. So it is it is actually going to be quite quite detrimental to the teams they're trying to help, if that makes sense. I but, think the EFL have brought it in to try and... And I think they've done it at such um, sort of speed and, and, and that therefore not being thought through. It's because they want to try and avoid another bury happening. Um, yeah. they, you know, they don't want teams to go bust on their watch at the end of the day because it does look shockingly bad on them. Um, I, but, but that doesn't stop that though, Brett, because yeah. you get, I'm, Bur- I'm not, I'm not, agree- I'm spend- not agreeing with it. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just, <laughs> that's what, that was my opinion why I think they've brought it in so quickly yeah. and, and how they've done it. They, they've known that because of this coronavirus, new world we're going to be living in the next sort of 12 to 18 months. They can justify They can that. try and justify doing it that way. Um, mm. I'm going to throw a little span in the works because um, I noticed, uh, I was reading the Vocal Report um, article this morning on it and I saw Rich, um, uh, Rich Spate from uh, from the Exiles pod did actually write a piece on it, as a few of the other guys did as well. And I've sort of put this like, a bit of a question to you though, to you both. In, if, we go, if it goes ahead and we do it, will it help Sunderland become more streamlined Will it help us then attract um, like the younger players? Although like we've now completely sabotaged our own academy, will it basically encourage us to get those younger players and keep hold of them? Well, I mean, what what stopped us from doing that before? I mean, that that's that's how you structure a football club. Firstly, you're smart about your your, your transfers. You do, you do that based on good scouting. You do that on a good structure, a good system, good people, people who know what they're doing. Um, and you bring in people. You, you don't you don't go. Oh, well, Greg, look at that. How much? Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we'll have him. He's, he's bound to score. You look at how your team plays, and he never he 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 never fit into what Jack Ross wanted to do. He was never he was never in that philosophy. He was never going to fit into that team. And and now we're trying to kind of you know square pegs and round holes and all that sort of stuff. But it you know it's if it stops that from happening, which it should do now because we can't just go out and say, oh look at him, he's got a good record, even though he won't fit, he's bound to still do well so we've now got to think about think about it properly but and the argument is I've, I've heard a lot of people say that over the last couple of days oh we've got to really be smart now well, what was stopping us from being smart before <laughs> and and I mean again you talk about the academy we've you know we've got two massive names in there the two Jordans fantastic and we've brought some good players through who we've sold actually I mean, you know like sort of, you forget about the, the Martin Waghorns and people like that who sell for a few million I mean that's that's good business mm-hmm. but um, at, at the same time you know lately in League One last couple of years like I remember us all saying when we went down we said oh we're in League One now this is time to get the youngsters in we've got we've got a few at the 100%. academy get them Definitely in said that. And where, yeah. where are 
either. I mean, Def- Denver Hugh come in. Embleton's had a few games. Look at he- Robson. He's he's left now. He should have had a few more games. I mean, the- they've all they've all getting the odd chance in the checker trade or, or what leasing.com or whatever it's called now. And that's it. They've disappeared and they've never to be seen again. Never given a few runs. Benji Kimbiogas, you know, still deciding what he's want what he wants to do. So I mean, yes, the answer to your question, I think, is yes, we should be doing that. <laughs> but why haven't we been doing that before? I mean, I think I think the other thing to consider is what will probably happen a lot now is um, it'll become a little bit like a yeah uh, a computer game, a bit like Football Manager. You'll have um, contracts offered where the promotion clause will be like you'll get the salary cap maximum in League One, but if we get promoted, you'll get ten times as much in the Championship. Then you'll also get clauses that are new, like if we don't get promoted, we'll allow you to go for free. And it's like there's going to be a lot of risk in that as well. Um, so yeah, interesting, fun, um, but uh, yeah, it really should enable people with decent youth systems to to really fly. Um, are there many of those teams in our league? That we're, we're definitely not one of them at the minute, but um, surely we can start attracting young players now. I don't know. It's one of those things, isn't it? But somebody made a decision to answer your question why we didn't do it already, Chris, because somebody made a decision that they weren't good enough. All these players that have gone to Man United <laughs> and like Chelsea and things like it's like come on, lads, Paul Reed or whoever it was that's in charge who signed off on that. Jesus Christ! Well, that was the point I was going to make. Actually, that I don't know whether you mentioned it at the, at the start when you you brought this in, Brett. But I mean, at the minute we've got nobody at the club. You'd say, no, you know, let's be clever about all this. Mm-hmm. There's, it, at the minute, it's Phil Parkinson. And the thing is, with the situation he's in, you know, with funds and he's got nobody to, to help him at the club, there's there's literally nobody. I mean, he's got Rodwell to maybe help him, you know, maybe get the deals, but it's him who's saying, I want this player, I want that player. Um, so he's got to go with what he knows, and he yeah. hasn't he hasn't got a scout saying, "Oh, I've, I saw someone in the national league the other way, uh, you know, last you know, when <laughs> whenever the league was still playing back in February <laughs> or whatever." And, and oh, his last few games were brilliant, and, and all this sort of stuff. He hasn't got that. He hasn't got that structure. He's got nobody in there to say, "Look at this list of players were scouted, and he played X amount of games, and all this sort of stuff." So he's on his own at the moment, and every player that walks through the door at the minute is a Phil Parkinson signing because it has to be. There's nobody else there. Yeah. Well, you've actually taken me on very nicely there, Chris, to um, what I was going to actually bring up next, and that is incomings and outgoings so far for um, this season. Now, as it stands, the season starts September the 12th, so we're just literally, well, it's a month away, isn't it? It's the 10th, 10th of August today, so we've got one month to go. We've brought in so far um, Bailey Wright, who obviously we had last season, um, was very good when he came in, very successful Um was cut short by injury, um, and we also brought in Aidan O'Brien from Millwall. We are very, very short as a team um, at the moment. We have lost a lot of players. Um, but, so George, well, I'll tell you, we've lost so far. Since our um, last game, our 2 0 defeat away to Bristol Rovers, we've actually lost uh, McLaughlin, Ozturk, Lafferty, Semenyo, um, and Joel Lynch all from that squad. So already there's sort of five players there um, that were short. John, I'll start with you as you're. Uh, I've got the, got the face on. <laughs> where where do we need improving um, in the season? Because as it stands, we've got a very very small squad. Everywhere but centre mid, by the looks of it. I think um, I think that's the short answer. We've got about four or five centre mids. We've got potentially two right backs if you class Conor McLaughlin as any good. Um, I've backed him a lot, but Luca Nine's pretty much got that in his pocket that position. Um, we've got three centre backs. Parker wants to play three at the back. We've got Brandon Taylor who signed a new deal, but untried at this level, I guess. Um, so we haven't got any backup centre backs if you don't consider Brandon Taylor as a backup. We've got Denver Hugh across the left. We haven't got a backup goalie. I know we're in the market for a goalie and potentially Luke Garbutt on the left, but they're not signed yet. Um, maybe give Patterson a run rather than splashing money or getting a loan in as a backup goalie because he's highly sought after and he's another youth product. Or, or let's just sell him to Man United for two hundred grand or something. It's <laughs> um, another idea. Um, Fix a lift. Yeah, and then then yeah, and then midfield wise, we're all right, I think. But then up front, up top, I guess we've lost what more, although he didn't contribute a lot. Um, Semenya was obviously on loan and 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 uh, a good sort of super sub kind of thing at times, running about and and creating a bit of tension. But yeah, um, we've. We've got Gooch, Maguire, Embleton, um, Aidan O'Brien. And I don't want to name the two strikers that we've got because I don't think either of them are worth their socks. So so really, potentially, if you're thinking about it, you've got some decent centre midfielders, two or three decent centre midfielders, League One level, if not better, maybe four, depending on how you feel about them on the day. And then 
a back three that needs backup and the rest just yeah extra extra backup or people challenging for places if we get if we get two or three injuries like literally just two or three injuries um i don't know who we've I don't, we haven't even got youth players to bring in do you know what i mean so in short taking it all the way back <laughs> if you want to cut all of that that i've just said out you could just have the words everywhere we need to improve <laughs> everywhere except center mid yeah <laughs> yeah i had i had goalkeeper center half right and left wing back if that's what he's playing uh, and and up front so exactly the same but it'll be interesting to see what he wants to play next season because yeah it'll be interesting to see was he playing that formation because that's what he thought he had within the squad and that's what he knew so that's what he coached because he came in and um obviously we had that you know dodgy period when he first came in and was that to kind of shore up the back get three in there make us solid and kind of play from there or will he go in you know he's had a summer behind him he can try and go in with what he wants and he can bring in the players in the positions that he, he thinks is, is strengthened because I mean we mentioned you know, the two who won't be mentioned you know up front I mean it was just so frustrating the way he played with White last season and you know White looked lost at times when he had the ball but the problem was he looked lost off the ball because he was so isolated 20-30 yards away from anyone else that quite often he, he, he didn't really stand a chance when the ball went up to him um, I know he didn't do particularly well when the ball actually did come to his feet but you know um <laughs> And then, and then the the question about Greg. So I mean, this Aidan O'Brien signing's a bit of a strange one because he's been played wide most of his career. When a lot of Millwall fans have said, "Oh, he wasn't given his go up top." So is this maybe the the, the sign of a kind of a, a maybe a big man, little man up front? Um, I, I don't know. I might be clutching at straws, but I, I just hope he does something different because another season of White up front chasing down awful balls. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I can put up with that. I think White 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 looked White looked like he could be part of a team. I'm not going to say look good because it's impossible to say look good. But when he was at his best or looking like he was worth his socks, he wasn't scoring. But it was when that formation started to work a little bit, where he had Maguire and Gooch kind of right behind him rather than wide. And yes, they were getting wide, but they were also kind of overloading with the centre backs and the wing backs, so they could come further in. And they were sort of supporting. White. White was dropping deep half the time and most of the time Gooch and Maguire were ahead of him and you don't need him there because he's not great there anyway but what he kind of did was take defenders away so it created a gap for, for them to bomb on and do sort of their magic and my thoughts when we bought Aidan O'Brien was that's another one to do that so if we are going to persist with White and give him a chance he would be dropping deep and Aidan O'Brien would be bombing on with the other two he's strong, He's um, he's got a bit of pace, he likes the ball at his feet yeah. You know, arguably, get him, get him the ball or get him a second ball and he could do a bit of what Lafferty was trying to do but didn't have the fitness or the agility to do it when he was coming on and they were playing him like as a second striker with Wyke and he was kind of trying to sort of take people on and play the balls and stuff like that. You know, maybe that's the reasoning behind the Aidan O'Brien sign, I don't know. Yeah, but Parkinson was bringing Lafferty on just to, just in the hope that one would bounce off his arse and, and hopefully <laughs> creep into the corner. But, I mean, you've just yeah. you've just kind of said the point, you know, that I, did, I don't think I said very well, where when White was isolated and you know t- nobody within twenty yards, but he's he's that sort of striker that if you do knock balls that aren't you know ten yards to his right or ten yards to his left, where he, he's he's got no chance, get it into his feet and get players around him and get even if O'Brien or someone someone with a bit of pace, which we've been crying out for for about ten years, can get in behind him. White's the yeah. type that even if it, even if it bounces off him, even if he's awkward, but he's that person who can stop the defender bringing it down or yeah. whatever. But you get players within yeah. ten yards of them, and and that's the problem. That when we were playing at last season, and you said he looked he looked all right when there was players around him. I mean, that was probably about ten percent of the time because there was such a gap yeah. between our midfield and where White was standing. Yeah, and it, it yeah. just never worked. And it, it, unless we get a system where we get the ball up there, you know, it it doesn't have to be too quickly. It just needs to be timed right when there's mm. a player either side of him, and he can he can provide other players with a bit of space. Yeah, yeah, I agree. One thing I find interesting with these um, Aidan O'Brien comments, especially from the Millwall fans saying that he's they say he should be a striker, so he's been playing on the left. It reminds me a little bit of when we had um, Wickham for us, um, where he never ever seemed to get a, a go up front until that sort of uh, the miracle season when he sort of kept up Gus Poyet and he sort of had to go up front. It strikes me in that kind of play and hopefully, if he, it's a, it's a, I heard him mention on one of the pods the other day that if he does actually get that position instead of Wyke, 
he's got a point to prove and that we might actually have a goal scorer that we're sort of crying out for more than anything else. Because I think the one thing that team needed last season was goals. And that's, you know, we just mm. didn't score enough goals at all. So, mm. you know, if it's, but say, it'd be interesting to see where he actually decides to play him come September 12th. I think if I was him, if I was him and I'd been playing, I'd been playing far on the wide, on, on the line, on the byline, getting crosses in for whoever's up front for them and stuff. I think even if I was playing in that whole role behind Wyke or behind someone, I'd be happy with that because it gives him more of the ball, gives him more of a chance, gives him more of an opportunity to, to banish a few shots in. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it would be it'd be really interesting. It's probably the only thing I'm really keen on interested in seeing <laughs> some of them playing so far. Till we, till we buy loads of new players, I don't know, you know, never know. But, but yeah, I mean, I think he's probably had a, a bit of interest in the championship as well. So I'm, I'm sure yeah. that Parkinson, in all the spiel to get him to come to Sunderland, he's he said, look, what you know, you're at that stage of your career, you've you've had tenure, or I think maybe a bit more at Millwall. What do you want to do? And I, I'm sure he said, right, okay, well, come here and I'll play you in your best position in in League One. You'll you'll kind of rip it up. From what I've heard as well, he's he's got the right personality to be able to deal with the pressure of playing for a bigger club. So um, it's one of them signings. When we bought him, I'd heard of him. Uh, uh, you know, you, you kind of know of people's qualities from just you know seeing them play and stuff. But it was more his. He's got a bit of a shit house in him, isn't he? And I think he's um he's got confidence. So I think he's uh he's not he's not going to shirk away from it. I think if he has a couple of bad games or he has half a bad game, I think you'll see him gritting his teeth and knuckling down, which I think, again, something massively we've been missing. You know, you talk about goals and you talk about the season, that part of the season last season where we had that run of games where we could have just done with a goal here and there. There were five, six, seven players really gritting their teeth and going for it, but there were so many players and so many subs that were coming on that just didn't look like they wanted to be there, man. Um, so I think every signing right now, um, it sounds a bit football managery to think about it, but we, we need to assess them mentally. We need to think that they're going to be up for this because I think some of the signings in the past we've made without kind of, if you take a complete neutral look at it, without even, you know, thinking of Tony Coton and Richard Hill or whoever it was that was bringing these players in, some of them had pure talent, really good talent, but were not made for this club and were not made for the challenge that Sunderland were trying to sort of give them, basically. And, um, you know, you look at like Kaz Sterling a couple of seasons ago, like he had some raw talent. You look at um, uh, Ashley Fletcher, you know, people like that, you know, they're just not mentally ready for the timing that they come in and, and then they thrive. Well, Castellan's maybe not thrived, but Ashley Fletcher's done all right this season. And other players have come in and done all right the next season after like just really struggling. I just think that we need players. We've gone past the point of pandering to them. I think there's no no chance we're going to be able to do that now. Parker doesn't seem like the kind of person to to sort of, make it about the players he's he's kind of not a taskmaster but it's more he buys the player for the personality I think I think he's got an eye on a personality um, and I think that's probably why he doesn't rate Grig you know you look at Grig and you look at his body language and why whether he gives a shit and frankly I think Parky sussed him out within five minutes that he's going to be third fourth choice as long as we've got strikers on the table you know so um, yeah we'll see what happens with Aiden, it's interesting though I mean actually I might uh, quiz you on this Brett but uh, actually one of the things that worried us in that I think it was the if you were rock reporting, if you were with uh, Millwall fanzine, I think it was. And one thing that worried us in that way, he said, um, I think actually he actually had the concern and he said, I don't know how he'll settle because he's a real Londoner. And I thought, Oh, I don't know why this is aimed at me. <laughs> well, because you're south of Wofford Gap, aren't you? That's all London. Yeah, so I, I, that's one thing that worries us. I'm not sure I will settle up here. We'll see. To, nah, to, to be fair, though, like any, this story of people not being able to settle, it's ridiculous in my eyes. It's not like... You know, you're moving to Australia or something like that. You know, you can you you can get to London from to Sunderland in about four hours if the road's kind to you. You know, it's not a um. You know, and also you're you're also friendly up there as well, <laughs> c- c- compared to the cold grey London streets as I, I hear so often. So it's um. No, not everyone's really welcome. with gold. I thought they're all paved with gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's say it's not. I think it's not like say it's 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 a million miles away. It's you know. You can still keep in touch with people. People can come and visit if it's that big an issue. But so um, there's players from all over the country who plays in, in that team at the moment. You know, so it's not like just because he's a London boy, it's going to be a problem. So don't make so, don't make something out of it that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the league is the big thing, the big factor in this. Hopefully, because you know, I think back to the days when Peter Eve was doing really well, and he made a big thing about the fact that we couldn't progress. One of the reasons we couldn't progress, among other reasons, was that we couldn't attract 
attract some of the players that we were in line for to take that next step. Other managers since have said the same. You know, we were, we were linked with all sorts of players um, during lots of different reigns in the sort of 2000s and uh, in the 10s and what have you, when we were up there in the Premier League and, and, and there was money flying about and, and there was all sorts, you were hearing all sorts, like they just didn't want to move up there. You know, they wanted to be in a bigger city, despite the fact that, you know, <laughs> they could live in Newcastle, which is, is a decent city, I guess, but who would want to live there? Um, uh, but yeah, it was one of them things. I don't think League One's going to promote that kind of personality, is it? Surely not. Like, surely they just want to win football games in League One and progress their careers and um, and do well. Am I being really naive? <laughs> I don't know. Whether no, if, if, someone, if someone's playing well and scoring goals, he could live on Pluto. He won't mind. Moving on from there, so the um, our new home kit made by Nike in inverted <laughs> commas on this one. So now, <laughs> the reason I do that, um, well, I'll, before I actually, well, I'll come to it in a second actually, because guys, what are your initial thoughts on seeing the kit on Friday? John, were you pleased? Were you not? How how did you think of it? <laughs> I like it. I thought it was a it was a refreshing change. I think it was one of the better ones we've had over the last few years. Um, I I like Adidas. I'm one of the rare people who likes Adidas as a brand. I've got quite a lot of Adidas stuff, but Adidas don't make great kits um, and haven't made great kits with us for a while. So I was up for the change anyway, um, and I was interested to see what they do with it. I, I didn't have an opinion here or there about what they should do with it. So when I saw it, yeah, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. It was good. I like it. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say for now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen um, Chris with his eyebrows raised at the moment, so I'll let Chris uh, no, no. go next. <laughs> no, I, I agree with John. I, I, I mean, for me, though, home strips, home sun and strips, I mean, there's only so many ways you can do red and white stripes. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, th- the thing is, there's very few ways we can screw it up but we did find a we did find a way a few seasons ago in the championship which was the worst home kit yeah. those small stripes i mean that yeah, yeah, would look yeah. like a deck chair and it was a relegation strip and what happened we got relegated um but it's i, I like it i mean home strips are always a bit near for me because yep. they usually just it's another form of red and white and it's another form of red and white it's it's okay it's a sudden it, it looks like a sunland strip it feels like a sunland strip that that'll do for me it is it is okay it is okay i'd say i i have the very firm belief that our kits peaked in 1992 um <laughs> oh, you know great. i i am very much and i'll never be my mind will never be changed on this it's 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 a uh, it's a red it's a red collar it's a red and white striped sleeves it's red and white stripes all over that'll do me um but one thing that sort of has i've noticed online today and a few of us noticed it um is in the junior kits have actually come out and for 25 English pounds, you can buy your child a Sunderland shirt with a iron-on badge, no Nike um, swoosh um, on the shirt and the shorts itself don't have a badge or a, a swoosh or a tick on them either. And then very conveniently tucked away at the back is actually it said it's made by Avec. Um, for those who remember the, uh, to be fair, not bad kit maker, I didn't think. Yeah, good kit, yeah. <laughs> of the, the mid so they had some absolute crackers. Yeah. The yellow one was, uh, was, was a very yeah. favourite of mine growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all a bit bit odd um, what, what this sort of deal is. You know, we were sort of promised bespoke kits um, at the start and you can pick up a very, very similar shirt um, online um, for about 20 quid without the badge on it um, through a company um, sort of making them. Um, so we've got a voice on my Pro Direct. Pro Direct. I said, um, yeah, not just, Pro Direct. Just Sport. Um, just, just Sport. sport that's sport. it. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Just Sport, sport as opposed to Night Direct. Um, now, obviously, it's, it's common for a lot of lower league teams. It does. It just seems to be one of those, you know, another things to sort of beat the club with, beat the owners with. Um, we sort of promised the world, but hasn't quite delivered. I don't know if you've got. Yeah. I say it's a kit. Are you bothered? Does it matter? I'm. I'm not bothered because it means that I don't want to buy one for my daughter because it's horrible. <laughs> so I can save that money because the last believe it or not the last one looked really nice as a baby kit um but now she's getting bigger i think i'll leave it and she can grow into the ones she's got a bit more um no i think i think uh it's definitely very tin pot it's definitely very league one that we're buying it from somebody else i think the thing that most annoyed me about this whole nike arrangement thing was the training top and the training kit 
that looks that looks really nice. The training kit when it, that came it out, it does look really smart. Ever. It looks smart. And do you know what? <laughs> it was so annoying when you can find the exact same thing for half the price, yeah. and it's just not got a badge on it. And it so you're basically it, paying twenty six quid for a badge, for an iron on badge. Now let's say, yeah. But there'll be people listening here right now going, "Why are you moaning about this? If you don't like it, don't buy it." That's what football teams do. Yeah, I'm we, not we buying get it. it. I'm not buying it. You know, we do get don't it. Don't worry, Stuart. I'm not buying your top, Stuart. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Well, don't try and don't try and charge me double, Stuart Donald. <laughs> I had to mention it. I, I, had to, I had to mention it. Also, we have had a very quick um, snapshot of what the away shirt's going to look like. Mm. Um, oh, have we? Yeah. You may have seen it was uh, leaked online. Aidan O'Brien standing oh, yeah. in a navy shirt with a red collar. Oh, um, I didn't like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all right. That is it. It's all right. <laughs> I, think it, I think it looked. I think it would have been all right if it wasn't for the collar. Yeah. I think the collar just looks like it's stitched on and looks a bit weird yeah. shaped. And I think. I think you know maybe I'm a bit uh, pedantic, but it looks a lot like um, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but we had a very similar um, bluey greeny kit before a new way kit, and um, yeah, we had a, we had I an Avic, one of the Avic kits was like yeah. a, yeah. it was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. like a tealy sort of we have greeny yeah. blue with a red thing. color. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. just looks weird. It just looks. I, weird. I don't mind it. I think I, I think it looks all right. I mean, it's not. It's, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Newcastle's release today. One's oh, one, it's better than that. One's one's, <laughs> one's live and one's purple but um no it could have it could have been a lot worse than that i mean it's terrific i mean just on the kid strips the issue with me is i mean if they're going to do that absolutely fine third season in league one you know you have to cut corners or do whatever it takes but reflected in the price you know what yeah. i mean don't yeah don't charge yeah. 30 quid for a, a, a 10 point fake thing you could probably buy at the market for a fiver you know what i mean what's the point and and the, the, the thing that really bugs me was um i remember right at the beginning well probably another one but uh tied to the list but Stuart donald when you know right at the beginning when he was geeing everyone up and we were asking them questions about you know what he was going to do with the club and he was asked about strips because we said look we've had adidas for this long and that championship one i think turned everyone off um could we have something really kind of special and ask the fans and all this sort of stuff and he was like yeah yeah we'll look at all these ideas and and then you know he just signs a deal with fake nike and then we end up with what we end up with i mean they're not they're not horrific or anything it's just we. i don't know they're not they're not bad kits they're no. not they're, they're, they're not bad kits and they'll do for us <laughs> yeah 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 I, I don't mind them i don't mind them I, i'm not someone who will go out and buy them but mm. when we're playing and i see them I, you know we don't look we don't look too bad well coming up next on uh fashion with Gok Wan it's uh <laughs> it's playing away <laughs> right then so you may remember this from last season um we play a game after after at the end of every show um basically the lads have to pick um the starting 11 from a match that's normally played around this the same sort of time as the pod goes out um they have two lives. If they get a sub, they um they get to go again. They don't lose a life. Um, and then it's basically the last man standing. So we've got two, obviously only you two doing it this week. And because it's of that pre-season sort of time, I thought I'd pick a game that's pre-season. Um, God, can you believe this scoreline? Borussia Dortmund 1, Sunderland 1. Um, from Friday the 6th of August 2016. Um, to give you a bit of a clue, we are wearing our Adidas home kit. Oh, sorry, Adidas away kit with the um, sort of like the navies or the blue sash down the middle, mm-hmm. or down like from one end to the other. Um, Daffabet is our sponsor. Oh. Our manager is David Moyes. Oh. Wonder who he did as manager. Um, yeah, we, we drew one one. So I can both see. The great thing is now, now that we're using um, a Skype call, I can actually see now your reactions and the, just the dread of like every word I say. Um, another clue was this was played in Austria in front of about five thousand people. Um, I don't even remember that kit. Well, I, I can remember it sort of. It was the same I... season. It's the season that we had um, the pink and blue, a uh, pink, uh, pink and purple one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Part, oh. It was that season. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. Chris, would you like to go first? <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Thanks for making Chris go first. Well, it's got to be the keepers, isn't it? Um, Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford was playing, but he came on as a sub. <laughs> <laughs> So what does what does that mean again? It's been that long. So you, you got to go again. So you get to go again. What's well, going to be the other one? It's going to be Vita Manone. Vita Manone, correct. <laughs> right. Um, if I think of who Manone would have in front of him around that time, 
I'm going to go with an easy one, hopefully. Uh, John O'Shea. John O'Shea started that game. Oof. Thank God for that. <laughs> Goes back to Chris. Uh, Lee Catmull. Lee Catmull started that game. Straight back to John. Um, how many lives do you get? Two. Mm. You get two. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a risk because mm. I've got a few. I've got a few that I think I know for sure. I'm gonna take a risk to chuck one out there now. I'm gonna say Duncan Watmore. Duncan Watmore started. Yay! Get in there. So Russia yeah. Dortmund won, Sunderland won, 2016. Stop, stop, stop saying that. I could probably stop name. Yeah, I could probably name about a handful of their players, to be honest, I think, from that time. Um, I'm going to go... We have had our share. I'm going to go Kone. Kone played and he scored. Never in the world. Ooh, Jesus. You mean he actually ran really fast and did something good? Well, he scored, he scored two against Everton like, a couple of months he's, before, he's, didn't he? Yeah. God, yeah. we must have had, gone to this game with such like optimism and thinking this is going to be our season. It's uh, <laughs> Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> really? Did you actually think that? I must admit, this 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 haunts me every single th- like day. The anniversary that David Moyes got the job, I put on. I've got. Do you know, it's like on Facebook, you get your memories for the year, like the years. It comes up every single year, and it's saying like, "Oh, you know, I'm quite, I'm pleased with that. He can work. You know, continue Big Sam's good work. It's just, <laughs> it, it's embarrassing. You know, oh, we we'll finally get that mid-table mediocrity we always wanted. Yeah, in the fucking League One. <laughs> <laughs> right, John, you're up. Um, yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Paddy Van Aanholt. He's there. He's, oh, he's God for that. next on my I list. Thought, I thought it was the next season or something when he wasn't there. So uh, we've had a Vio Manone, John O'Shea, Patrick Van Arnold, Lee Catamull, Kone, Watmore, and Jordan Pickford is on the bench. We've had Watmore. Yeah, I said yep. Watmore. Didn't hear Watmore. I said Watmore, Chris. <laughs> Didn't hear Watmore. One um, of the few times he wasn't injured, I think. <laughs> I will go for um, Fabio Barini. Oh, I was going to say him. Right. Barini did start, yeah. He did. He started. He did start. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, I'd, I couldn't find his name there. He did start. There's loads of subs. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd gone ahead then. I thought he'd, uh, thought he'd copped it. Um, um, how many's left? Right, so you've got one, two, three. You've got four players left who started. So you've had... Right, so... So we've had Barini, we've had Catamol, we've had Watmore, Kazri, Wabi Kazri. He's there. Oh. Oh, God for that. We're not at Kazri. I'm crossed out. He's there. He came off in the 46th minute. <clears throat> so you've got three left who started that day. What do we do if we get through these? <laughs> I'll be uh, impressed. Hey, what Have is... we got to do the subs? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this pod's gone on for ages. We just knock it on the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you, uh, and Dong had just signed. I've got from Dong. And Dong, I don't actually think he had signed yet at that point. Not? I think he was a was he a deadline day signing? And Dong, he wasn't. He's not playing here anyway. So, hey Chris loses. Life right. gone, Chris. <laughs> oh, if I, I beat Chris well, this, here, this I'm, I'm a, getting nervous. This is a bit recent because I think is this season as well. I'm, I'm actually going to try and keep like hold of the scores this time and actually remember it because I just literally like, after about three weeks last time I forgot them. So I might actually I, keep a, keep a score. I just hope this pod goes out if I do actually win because this is just like I, mental. Like I'm normally uh, so poor at these, and Chris is normally the oracle of everything. No, I, I, I hope go, I hope that John loses and it still goes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm making it on now. I'm going to lose. I know. I'm going to lose. Um, uh, who would have been the other centre midfielder then if uh, Dong wasn't there? Um, it's pre-season, isn't it? So it might have been a young player. Um, 2016. Going after Russia, John. I'll go with Embleton. Embleton came on. He didn't start, oh. so you get another oh, go. Jesus, uh, he must have been young. Um, he came on for Lee uh, Catamore. In that case, right? It's oh, I can't believe I've forgotten. I'm glad I've forgotten. I've clearly compartmentalised it. It was Jack Rodwell, wasn't it, in the centre mid? Jack Rodwell is Catamore. one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jack, Jack Rodwell. Rodwell. What a twat. Playing against Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. <laughs> so you got two left from the team. From the 11, yeah. Yeah, two left from the 11. Would be hilarious if all of them was like a trialist. <laughs> what? A trialist. A trialist. <laughs> Andy trialist. Um, I don't know, I'm struggling now. Ugh, you've, picked, you've picked the squad that we all try to wipe from our memories. Um, I don't know, I quite, I quite like this squad. I could, I could have picked actual... the, the championship squad, if I'm honest. Um, the, this squad, this squad for me, is like the one that on paper was mint, but like just didn't. This is so. This play. is the squad. This is the team that relegated the Mags. 
Yeah. This, you know, this is pretty much that whole team. In fact, I think I think it's I don't think there's any new players there actually. Uh, go for another young'un because um, John mentioned them. Uh, Honeyman on the bench and came on. You're missing an a absolute. One of them is really obvious. Cheers, <laughs> mate. No, when I say one of them, you're like, oh, really? You know. Is one of them really difficult then? Yeah. One of them's harder than the other one. <laughs> You've got such a poker face. You, I never want to play poker against you. One but. of them's a big player. Um, I love that we're videoing these now. This is brilliant. <laughs> I think I've got. I think I've got the big player. I'm going to go for. He's making notes here, look. I am. I'm deciding <laughs> between two. Um, pick, one, I, pick one of them. I know. Stop! Stop drawing penises. <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna go for uh, Jermaine Lance. That was the harder out the t- the harder out the two. Was, was it? it? I thought it was. Oh, I'd have gone with that. Oh, it might be Lens the other one. In. It might be the other one then. Lens is in. So I think we're missing a right back. If I've worked out, I've head. been racking my brains about a right back, but it it, it wasn't Bardsley because well, I think he think he'd gone. My other one. Oh, so your team, as it stands, is Manone, O'Shea, Van Arnholt, Van Arnholt, Catamol, Kone, Barini, Rodwell, Watmore, Lens, Kazri. I think I I think I've got it. I think I've got it, but it's a big risk. Come I on. think it's because I think it's because we didn't really have right back, so I think he was playing right back, and he's not a right back by trade as such. Go on then, let's hear it. I'm going to go with Eunice Cabal. John takes it. Oh <laughs> yes, unbelievable. Eunice Cabal. I wouldn't again. Makes it. makes the eleven. Um, you also had on the bench that day. You had um, uh, Josh Robertson came on. Um, Honey, Mimi said Reese Greenwood. Uh, Lyndon Gooch oh, came good. on and Joel Azoro. Did you Joel did you Azoro. do that without li- losing a life there, John? Yeah, I did. Wow, <laughs> I'm impressed with that. <laughs> no, mate. I got one. I only got one sub, and all you got two. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have gotten that. My other one was Jillabodji. Jillabodji. He signed that summer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think it, he couldn't play for a bit though, could he? Was it something to do with registration or something? I think. Yeah, well, he's just, just been garbage. Be yeah. Well then, gents, that is our first uh, Exiles. Pod done for the season. Our first playing away done. John is on the leaderboard at the I'm top. I'm just happy I didn't get beat. I'm just happy I didn't get absolutely destroyed. I was so nervous thinking Chris was going to make me look stupid. And luckily it was a game I remembered. So, anything, anything. Or, or, or a time I remembered. I didn't remember the game. I didn't watch the game. Anything or, not over 20 years ago. I'm struggling. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, mate. I'll make sure I get some 90s ones next time you're on. Um, but no, John, been great speaking to you. Thank you for coming on board. Yeah, thanks, Brett. It's been lovely and quite cathartic to talk a little bit about the future. Um, but let's just stay positive, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I said this morning, I want to do a positive pod and mostly be negative about everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, Chris, pleasure as always, mate. Good talking yeah, to you. Always a pleasure, Brett. Cheers, John. Thanks, Chris. Thank you very much for listening. So the Exiles are back up and running for this season. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Catch you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.